Stewardship. What's it all about? What does it even mean? Is this a word that is only used in the Bible? How do I apply this concept to my life today? Y'all, I'm going all in on this episode. I came prepared to throw a lot of shade at others today, so get ready. I truly pray that in these next 20 minutes that you hear God's voice like never before, and that you hear his voice just for you. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, today I'm digging into one of those topics that I think we actually love to talk about, we love to debate about, and we love to strive for, well, when it comes to other people. I'm so serious about this. Today I want to talk all about stewardship, but here's the thing. Stewardship is not some bad word. It's not something we dislike. It's actually something we like very much. It's something we actually like to talk about and like to point out and like to make sure it's being done properly and in order when it comes to other people. (laughs) And here's how I know that to be true, because that's exactly where this episode is coming from. Now, I'm not about to put anybody completely on blast, because although that is so much easy in our lives and may have been part of the inspiration for this episode, which has been brewing for months, I have to look at myself first. I was about to say I have to look at myself too, but then quickly checked my own thoughts and words. I have to look at myself first. I'm responsible for me, which we will get into more deeply a little bit later. But let me just take a little tangent on that thought right there. I have to look at myself first. A couple months ago, I shared about this concept. It was episode 23 titled, What Happens When I Put Me First? And in that episode, I shared what I had to shift in my own mind, especially when it comes to church, to God's word, and to God's instruction. See, it's so much easier to hear God's word, to read God's word, to be in church and listen to a sermon and immediately think, oh, she needs to hear this. Oh, I wish my cousin was here to hear this one. Oh, the pastor's talking about honoring your parents. My kids need to hear this. Oh, this scripture is talking all about finances. My girl needs to hear this. She's always overspending. But here's the real truth. You're totally shutting your own ears off to hear from God for you. And then you're wondering how you can hear from the Lord. Well, let him speak and listen for you, for you first. I made a commitment to myself and actually with God, if I really think about it, when it comes to this. And I share this insight with others often because I believe it's crucial in our relationship with him. You've got to look at yourself first. And if you're struggling, ask the Holy Spirit to help you examine yourself. We've got to stop pointing the finger at everyone else thinking they need to hear the truth when the real truth is there's a reason you're in the room, in the car, playing that song, visiting that church, reading that scripture. There's a reason God has you there. Sure, you'll share with someone else, but I'm going to challenge you right now to examine yourself first. So for more on that, head back to episode 23 and check it out. But that right there is how we often treat stewardship. We want to point it out in others, but not look at ourselves first. Let me remind you of these words which Jesus spoke during his famous Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 to 5, Jesus said this, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! 
First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Wow, okay, Jesus. But thousands of years later, we still struggle with this. Always so quick to point out some small issue in someone else's life and not able or willing to look at our own. And not just look at our own, but deal with it. With them. With just all of it. Always having advice and answers for someone else, right? Well, when it comes to stewardship, and when it comes to today, I really want you to receive this message for you. Matter of fact, let's just pause right now. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for the one listening to this message. I pray that in the next 15 minutes or so that their ears are open to hear, that their hearts are open to receive what I believe you have set out for me to share in regards to stewardship. I pray for their focus to be on themselves. And whenever names or images of others pop into their mind, I pray that you help direct them back. And Lord, help me as I share. Help me to remain focused on you and focused on me and focused on sharing exactly how you have been teaching me. Amen. All right, let's do this. I've got three keys to understanding stewardship in your life. But let me start off with the definition, since I'm not sure this is a word that is used enough. According to Merriam-Webster, stewardship is conducting, supervising, or managing something, especially the careful or responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Y'all... Again, stewardship is conducting, supervising, or managing something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So it's time to jump right into these three keys to stewardship. Number one, recognize that you are the manager. Look, you don't have to listen to me long before you hear that God is the creator. And not just that, he is creative, like wildly creative. I hate to burst your bubble, but there is nothing like not one thing in your life that he didn't create, that he didn't touch, and that he didn't have a purpose for. God chose you as the manager. Now, with that, there's a heavy truth you need to understand. You are not the owner. You are the manager. But with that comes good news. I mean, think about it. Think about the conversations that owners have. Think about the decisions that owners make. Think about the stress that owners carry. If you've ever owned your own business, well then, I pray that by the end of this episode you will even have a different view and understanding of that, but you know that there's a different level of pressure to succeed, right? Because it's all your own investment. I think about people that go on Shark Tank, and one of the questions that the sharks often ask them is, how much have you invested into the company? And some people stand there and say they've invested everything they have. They've put their house up as collateral. They've gone all in on this business idea as the owner. But as the manager, as the manager, sure, you clearly have responsibilities, but the pressure is lower. Now, you may not feel that right away because here in this world, especially when it comes to roles and careers and jobs, we are taught to take ownership, to treat it like we are the owner. So sometimes in managerial roles, we are putting a not only unbearable level of stress on ourselves to perform, but also a level that was never created for us to carry. Let's make this really real. Have you ever been a manager? I'll tell you what, there are a lot of line items on the job description of a manager that are above and beyond another employee. Managers have a responsibility higher than the rest. Managers have qualities the others don't. And you know what else? When guests have a problem, who do you think they want to talk to? Rarely do they speak to the owner of the company, but the manager, they get it all. When you're a manager, the owner and the CEO, they're trusting you with their business. They are trusting you with the vision and the mission, and you even have the authority to make decisions for yourself and for the team. Now, you will have to answer for those decisions either way the outcome goes, but nonetheless, you are trusted to make decisions. Let me assure you, 
There are things, ideas, locations, and people who are trusted to your care. God has trusted them to you. You are the manager. But one of the hardest things to comprehend when it comes to this is that you are not the owner of the business. The Lord has commissioned you as the manager. He has chosen you, hand-selected you for that assignment. And now it's up to you to steward it well. It's up to you to manage it well. It's up to you to supervise it well. I wish I could say this 10 other ways until it really sinks in. As a child of God, you are the manager of whatever and whoever he has put in your life. You have the responsibility as the manager, but please, please recognize that God is the owner. And as the owner, he has chosen you. I've been in a manager role before. I was a manager with Lululemon Athletica. I was a manager with the National Basketball Association. I was a manager overseeing dozens of ministries and hundreds of volunteers in a large church. Now, I was hired for those roles by a person. In their eyes, I was qualified for the job. In their eyes. So if I was qualified for a role in a person's eyes, what do you think God thought about me? He sent me to that store, to that city, to that church. He hand-selected me to be the manager. Why? Because he sees me as the manager in his plan and purpose. Let me bring this point home for you. Being the manager isn't always as shiny as it sounds. With that status, that title, maybe even that raise, with that assignment comes a lot of duties that are not as glorious as they may have sounded on paper. Often the first one there and the last to leave. Spending hours in front of a computer crunching numbers. Making tough decisions which, let me remind you, you were selected to make. Being the voice for the owner in front of guests whether they're singing your praises or screaming complaints. As the manager, you are actually the greatest servant of all. And there will even be times you don't feel appreciated, can't see the progress, and even know of employees technically below you on the flowchart who seem to be making more money than you, y'all. I've been there. But being a good steward, being a good manager of what and who God has called you to for that assignment, it means remembering Jesus's words at the Last Supper. In Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 26, Jesus says this, Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. The greatest is the one who serves. Never think of yourself more highly than you ought. There's another Bible verse for you I didn't intend on coming out. But it's the truth. Understanding stewardship means understanding you are the manager. It means understanding you are not the owner, but you serve the owner. And not only do you serve the owner, you serve others. And honestly, the more you put in time and effort to grow your relationship with God, the more this point will become clear. It's something I have to work on regularly, probably daily, reminding myself that I'm the manager. I sometimes even catch myself when I'm writing in my journal and praying, I sometimes will catch myself when I call this my podcast or my business. Sure it is, but truly it's not. And I love that I've gotten to the point where the Holy Spirit will remind me in those small instances that I am simply the manager of what God has entrusted to me at the time. And then comes the question, am I stewarding it well? Okay, let's move on. Number two, the second key to understanding stewardship is remembering the blessing. This is truly important. Because sometimes today we head down this rabbit trail with words and meanings. We confuse steward with servant, and then servant with slave, and now we're all kinds of messed up. First of all, the meaning of words differ in the context in which they're used. But let me assure you, stewardship is actually a gift. It's an opportunity. And in order to see it as such, you need to remember the blessing. There is a really good chance you prayed for that promotion, that house, that car, that marriage, those kids. 
You really spent time asking God for that blessing, asking him to answer your request, maybe even begging him for years with tears streaming down your face. And now is the time. He answered your prayer. You received the promotion. You bought the house and the car. You walked down the aisle and now you have beautiful children. So what are you complaining about? Oh, now you're complaining about property taxes? Now you're crying about gas prices? Now you're frustrated with your spouse that you want to give up and now you hate making lunches for your kids every single day? These thoughts aren't like one-offs. These are real thoughts that people face every day. These are thoughts that I have faced, well, some of them. But the reality that you need to remind yourself is that you prayed for that and God answered your prayer. God blessed you with it and now it's your responsibility to steward it and steward it well. Like, why are you surprised? Yesterday, my five-year-old nephew asked me what one of my pet peeves was after I got him to understand the word peeves. He was obviously watching a new episode of Dude Perfect on YouTube. I couldn't think of a good one besides people talking with their mouthful as he asked me this question with a huge chunk of banana in his mouth. But as I think about it further, I don't even know if this is a pet peeve, but I am so sick of comments like, oh, it's fine, we'll just get another one, or just throw it out. It's actually something that I really have to pray through. Even this morning in my time with the Lord, I kept writing over and over and over and over, God, help me to see this from your perspective. God, help me to see this assignment from your perspective. God, help me to see this person from your perspective. Shameless plug, I just re-listened to episode 36 of my podcast titled, What is God's Perspective? Which I'm so grateful for because the strategies I shared in that episode, I was able to now remember and put into practice in my own life today. But remember the blessing. I know this is an often used phrase, you know, be careful what you pray for. But I really think I'm just about to completely boycott that one too. Because let's be honest, when we use that phrase, it means we are forgetting the blessing. We are forgetting that we asked God for this. God was faithful and loving and gave us what we asked for. And now we don't want to steward the blessing? No more. I mean, geez, I'm quoting straight from the New Living Translation of the Bible, but you'll catch it in however you remember this verse. Luke chapter 12, verse 28. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. You have an opportunity right now. This is not a test. This is not an order. This is not a command. You have an opportunity to steward well the blessings that God has given you. And that leads me right into the third and final point. The third key to understanding stewardship is to really, really worry about yourself. I was trying to make them all start with R. (laughs) Recognize you're the manager. Remember the blessing. And really, really worry about yourself. I promise you, if you get this right here into your spirit, you will experience freedom like never before. I had a job a while back, and I didn't agree with some of the decisions that were being made. It was so tough for me to stay there, but there were some circumstances beyond my control that did not allow me to just pick up and leave. And looking back now, God clearly made it that way so that I wouldn't just pick up and leave because he had assignments for me right there during that time. He had lessons for me to learn. He had people for me to reach. He had truth for me to tell. But had I just taken off? Well, I wouldn't be where I am right now either. Here's what really changed everything for me during that season. I finally realized, I always laugh to myself when I say something like, I finally realized, like it was probably something God had been trying to show me and teach me over and over for years, but I finally, finally caught it. So in that season, I finally realized and grabbed hold of this truth. When I stand before the Lord, He will not ask me about anyone else. 
He will not ask me how someone else treated me. He will not ask me about someone else's business or how they ran it. He will only ask me about me, about my life, about how I stewarded all the opportunities he put in my path. And I'm not even joking. That one truth has set me free, like from so much. God will not ask me about anyone else, but he will ask me about me. So from that moment on, I truly worry about myself. And not in a selfish or self-righteous way, because I cannot forget that I'm just the manager and I am called to be a servant. And those are the things I have to answer for. But my desire is to be able to confidently answer when he asks. When God says, Kayla, what did you do with the time I gave you at that job? Or Kayla, what did you do with the relationship I put in your life? Or Kayla, what did you do with the creativity, the voice, the influence I gave you? I want to be able to confidently answer him. That right there is one of my biggest driving forces. In order to hear God say, well done, I have to warrant that response, right? I have to put in effort. I have to do the work. I have to steward every opportunity he puts in my path. And just to add on top of everything you're hopefully already examining within yourself, sometimes God will have an assignment for you that seems like it's not for you. It may feel like you're there to build someone else's dream, to create their business, to fulfill their purpose. But let me assure you, you are there on purpose. You are there on assignment and you have a responsibility to steward the assignment God has for you in that season, even when someone else's name is on the door. Y'all, I don't know if I've ever quoted Luke so much in one sitting, but check this out. Luke chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus is teaching through a parable and he says this, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? That's often hard to swallow right there. Sometimes your assignment is that other person. Sometimes your assignment is that other person's business and dream. And the question remains the same at the end of the day. How did you steward the opportunity set before you? And that right there is what has me re-evaluating and examining myself. Because to be completely honest, I wasn't sure how this episode would go once I sat down to prepare it. Like I said at the start, it's been brewing for a couple months. It's something I've been wanting to talk about, but the real truth is that I wanted to talk about it and like throw shade. I wanted to talk about it and point out the speck in other people as I'm sitting here with a log myself. But I am so glad the Lord has not only spoken to me about teaching and sharing this, but more so that he has been patient with me and gracious with me and merciful with me as he has worked through me and allowed me to work in my own thoughts and my own heart and my own actions when it comes to stewardship. I'm not a better steward than you just because I keep my car clean and yours has empty cups all over the floor. There aren't better rewards waiting for me in heaven because I'm a little more frugal with my finances. Y'all, those two statements right there, I had to say. And I had to say them out loud. I had to say them to myself, and there's a good chance I will have to repeat them. I'm not a better steward than you just because I keep my car clean and yours has empty cups all over the floor. There aren't better rewards waiting for me in heaven because I'm a little more frugal with my finances. That is the truth. This isn't a competition about who is a better steward. To be really honest, could you imagine what this world would be like if all believers stewarded well every individual opportunity God gave each of us? Could you really imagine what that would be like? And what an impact we could make in this world for the kingdom if each of us recognized that we are merely the managers on assignment for the Lord and His plan, if we remembered the blessings, and if we really, really worried about ourselves. One of the purposes and goals of believers is to see, to experience heaven on earth. Well, God is giving us opportunities every single day to do just that, and it's up to us to steward those opportunities well. 
Thank you for joining me this week. Did you know that enrollment to the Bible Time Accelerator program is always open? You can sign up for my latest free masterclass at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com or head straight to the details to enroll. And let me just say, you may have been hearing about my newest 30-day program, Bible Journaling Bootcamp. This is an incredible program to get your relationship with God to another level by journaling through your time with Him. Women's lives are being transformed in these 30 days. You can enroll today or jump on the wait list for the next round. This program fills up fast, so come on in. I would love to serve you. Let's keep in touch. Find me over on Instagram at Kayla Praise. I'll see you next time.